This week on The Outlaw Lawyer, Josh, Joe, and Cassandra discuss the law and how it affects everything around us. And as always, here at The Outlaw Lawyer, our attorneys tackle all the day's most urgent burning legal questions, such as what is a petition to partition and when is it helpful? What are your favorite types of flavored tobacco? And what is the Respect for Marriage Act? That's all coming up on this week's edition of The Outlaw Lawyer. And now, Outlaw Lawyer. Welcome into The Outlaw Lawyer. Morgan Patrick, your consumer advocate, and we are joined, as always, by our hosts, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker & Hamer Law Firm. Also along for the ride this week, Cassandra Nicholas, an attorney at Whitaker & Hamer. And just a reminder, Whitaker & Hamer has offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and now in Moorhead City. If you have a legal situation that you're facing, you've got questions, you need some answers, I've got a phone number for you, 800-659-1180. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact info, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Josh and Joe, take it away. Joseph, we haven't been in the studio in a long time. That's right, man. We haven't done, we've not not even not been in the studio. We haven't even remoted into the studio. We hadn't done any radio in. We uh, pod, podcasting. No, no, we've uh, we've taken a we took a couple of weeks off for um, Thanksgiving, and uh, want to get a couple a uh, couple of shows in before uh, Christmas time because Christmas it's coming fast. That's right, man. That's right. I missed it, but it was good. It was good for my spirit to recharge my podcast batteries by not doing it. For anything, weeks. anything on your schedules, guys, to kind of recharge those batteries that you can tell us about that was pretty cool or you just hanging out with the family? What were you doing? When was the last time we were here? Did we do, we've we been here since Thanksgiving? No. Uh-uh. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. We did that. Yeah. I did that with my, I love my family. I was, with, <laughs> I was with them. I don't know about you, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I sat down with, uh, I sat down with the family. We had a good Thanksgiving. Cassandra, what would you guys do? I had family here like all of November, so some of it was recharging. It was a long time. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. Uh, I was happy to have them here. That's right, one hundred percent. No, I went to. Uh, I went to the State Carolina game in Carolina. State won that game. I don't know if you remember that game. Nah, I remember yeah. it. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So we haven't seen you since then. See, we it's throwing me off, right? Because I've we've not done this since then, but I've seen you since then. That's right. Yeah. So we've talked about this extensively, but. uh that's such a happy memory, man. We could re- we could definitely do that again. We could talk about that again, like it, like we're just yeah, just rehash it, do <laughs> it, go ahead. That was a good game, man. It was. It w- I'm sure it was fun for you, man. You had a really good time. You were behind enemy lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had been in Chapel Hill in a long. It's the first time I've been in Chapel Hill since definitely since the pandemic. And you certainly enjoyed it. I did. Yeah. I, I didn't know which way it was going to go. Could have been I, um, a real bad time. Ended up being a pretty good time. I have this T-shirt I got for when I go to see State play away. Oh, oh boy! All right, so I got this T. T-shirt and it says, uh, I hope both teams had fun. So I got a red t-shirt with white letters that says, Aww. I hope both teams had fun. And I find that other fans of other teams really like that shirt. I end up talking to a lot of people. Uh-huh. It's a very friendly, like we don't have to be enemies. Yeah, you, you, I, I get that some places, but Chapel Hill, man. You didn't wear a go to hell Carolina <laughs> shirt? No? No, I wore my really nice shirt and a lot of older fans talked to me about, uh, about Back the, in the day. about the game, but it was, um, it was good to get out there. I'm trying to think of what else we've done since then. We've done something. Um, we did that. We did a Thanksgiving thing. 
Thanksgiving, and then it became December. Mm-hmm. I remember that part. At the rate you're December. going, did you open yeah. an office anywhere? <laughs> yeah, no, no, we didn't do that. We didn't nah, do that. Nah. Um, what else did we do? We we've done some. Uh, we've seen some Hurricanes games. That's a thing. Hurricanes doing pretty well. I think they're on a. They, I don't. You know, not a super long winning streak. They've they've lost mm-hmm. in overtime recently, but scoring a lot of points. Man, doing very well just in general. Not as well as New Jersey and Boston, but they're well, doing okay. Yeah, who's keeping track, man? Yeah, but. Um, I went to my first flotilla. Oh, that's right, Cassandra. <laughs> Cassandra. <laughs> Your tri host yeah. for Moorhead yeah. City. Yeah, we got to get it's no, hard when no she's not sports, physically here with us. I have to just imagine of, her. Lots of bars, lots of live music, lots of. There are so many parades in this area. They really do it up. <laughs> with, uh, so it was a wintertime flotilla? Yes. Uh-oh. All the boats were decorated as with lights and everything and they were voted on the winning one was wow. like a flying pig the whole boat was decorated like a flying pig and oink, it, oink. wings flapped it was pretty cool it's way cooler than what anything we did yeah. we didn't uh we didn't make it you know they had the raleigh parade and there was an there was an incident there but uh yeah yeah Oh, I guess all the local parades have probably happened by now we're that yeah. close to christmas clayton parade last weekend i attended the clayton parade oh. um a lot of Grinches, man. A lot of Grinches. I remember by like the eighth Grinch, I was like, <laughs> it's a lot of Grinches. And then there was like six Grinches after that. And so. And Joe, felt, and Joe, were you alarmed that people were coming up to you and saying, hey, can we get a picture with you? Yeah, can we get a picture with you? There was a ton of that. They were like, hey, where's, where are the new Outlaw Lawyer episodes at? And I was like, it's Christmas, man. Calm down. Um, but no, a lot of, a lot of Grinches. And the last, like the last two Grinches, probably the best Grinches in terms of like Grinch costume, but you'd seen so many, you were like, come on, man, by that point. It was a good. It was a good parade, though. We were two split. Grinch boats. So nice. Uh, I see. Represented there too. Yeah, uh, we've watched the Grinch. That's all I can. That's all I, I think can that add. they've released these <laughs> some some new Grinch masks. That's all I can think, right? Because that that's the only explanation for why there were so many of them. But uh, a very popular mask. Even though, uh, even though we're in holidays, we're in full holiday season swing, right? We've got through Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming up. That's the 14th of December. Today. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Christmas is coming up. The law never stops, Joseph. That's right. Never. That's right. It's everywhere. I had a uh, my my law school dean when I was at Campbell. He had this speech he would give, and he would say the law is a. I don't know if these were his words or he was quoting. He's probably quoting somebody that I should know, but I don't know. But he would say the law is a jealous mistress that's what he would say oh, that's definitely a quote yeah i don't know where that came from probably somebody i should know but anyway the law never stops stuff keeps coming into the office people have legal problems people have legal issues people have legal things they need to tackle even though it's the holidays that is true so we see we get a lot of calls of uh you know kind of family law stuff kind of kind of comes up a lot during the holidays with child custody visitation Divorce, you see a lot of that. You see, unfortunately, you see a lot of the traffic stuff, right? The the DUIs, the yep. speeding. The, a lot of people on that eggnog out there in the streets, man. This is the time of year where we get a lot of calls about estate planning, right? And this is, uh, you know, it's about to be New Year's, end of the year. A lot of folks who haven't done their will, don't have their POAs, their power of attorneys in place. This is, uh, we get that call a lot. Like, hey, this is this is the year we're going to sit down and, and get our estate planning done. So definitely at the end of the year, uh, we don't slow down too much. No, 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 we don't, man. And uh, the law never stops, right? And so, and 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 with the theme of this show, you know, we talk, we do a lot of law, right? But we we like to talk about the law as it as it 
permeates everything, every every aspect of society, the popular news items. Um, so that's that's the case here as well. We got we got plenty of things to talk about legal wise. Yeah, there's a couple things I want to hit and I want us to spend time with everybody. One, I've gotten a lot of calls lately, a lot of calls about um, a, a process in North Carolina called a petition to partition. And so we'll talk more about that. But that's uh, that's a process that exists in the North Carolina statute. So if you co-own real estate, real property with someone and you want to sell it and they don't, there's a there's a mechanism. You don't, you're not stuck. It's not a you know, it's not a, you guys don't have to come to a necessarily an agreement. There's a process where if you're the co-owner of a piece of property and you want it sold, uh, you can, you can file a petition, uh, to partition. And so we get a lot of calls. We get a lot of questions about that. I figured that'd be a good topic because that's not something everybody uh, knows about. So I thought that'd be nice to talk about. Nice. It, it would the be people. nice. Yeah. And you said it, we get a lot of calls about it. And a lot of folks, you know, Plenty of people probably have never heard petition to partition, the phrase, but we get a lot of calls from people who don't understand that's what they need. They call with a problem, and then the solution to that problem is the petition to partition. And then I wanted to, the Supreme Court, uh, they've kind of slowed down with the holidays, so the U.S. Supreme Court's in session. They, I don't think they've handed down a, a decision yet from this, uh, this session, but they're still having oral arguments. They're still uh, taking cases and talking about cases, and so... Uh, recently, um, it was RJ Reynolds tobacco company versus Bonta, but this was, uh, the case that came before the Supreme court challenging, uh, some laws, uh, the laws that want to ban flavored tobacco, right? So the Supreme court heard an attempt to block it. And I was going to talk about that. Cause that one, I had some questions about that, um, because I, I enjoy some flavored tobacco. Yeah, I was looking. You've done, you do a great job of preparing these notes and your dedication. <laughs> Everybody appreciates it. I'm sure. Uh, across the board. But you had, you, you in your notes, you literally, you literally wrote, hmm, flavored tobacco. <laughs> That's exactly what it says. I, got, I can almost smell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got so distracted reading about this case, and then I had my Simpsons flashback. So that's what I thought. That's what I felt like Homer would say yeah. if he was. So you're a big flavored tobacco guy then. <laughs> and we got uh, the Respect for Marriage Act passed the Senate and the House and was getting signed by Biden. And so, especially in light of um, uh, some of the Supreme Court cases we had last uh, last session, I thought that would be a good thing to spend some time on and kind of talk about that. Uh, but those are the big those are the big legal topics. I also wanted to spend some time just talking about again, it's the end of the year. We get that estate planning call a lot. This is a perfect time for folks to finally sit down and do that. I always tell people I graduated from law school in O three? Oh four? Not quite sure. Yes. And check uh, the diploma on the wall. Yeah. And somebody can fact check that for me. But in the early two thousands, I graduated from law school. And it took me three or four years to actually do my own estate plan. I don't have to go talk to anybody. I didn't need to seek legal advice. I didn't have to pay for it. I could do it, and it still took me several years to do it. So I know how hard it is to sit down and really think about your estate plan. Uh, but it's important to do in the end of the year, beginning of the year. That's a big trigger for a lot of folks to start talking about that. So we'll spend some time talking about estate planning. 
All right. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, where you can find them. They're the managing partners there, also practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. And joining us from Moorhead City, we have Cassandra Nicholas, also an attorney at Whitaker and Hamer. Offices conveniently located Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and the aforementioned Moorhead City. Uh, we talk the legal topics each and every week. And if you've got a legal situation you're facing and you've got questions, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer, 800-659-1186. That's 800 800-659- Leave your contact information, briefly what the call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back. We're going to talk more about petition to partition, also the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company versus Bonta, and Respect for Marriage Act. And if we have time, we'll get into estate planning. That's all coming up next on The Outlaw Lawyer. Welcome back into the Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, your hosts, are the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. Also joining us from that Moorhead City office, Cassandra Nicholas, an attorney at Whitaker and Hamer. Gentlemen, we've got a lot to get to, and I think you're going to start off with petition to partition. Yeah, we're going to get there. But before we before we get there, yeah. Cassandra, <laughs> I uh, I had a thought. So Cassandra. You, you're down there. You're running our, our Moorhead City office down in Moorhead City. And, yes. uh, and, and you're remoting in because we're, we're in studio here in, in Wake County. So you're not making the drive down here. Have you, no. since, it's been, <laughs> since it's been cold, I don't live at the beach. I live, I live down here in Raleigh. Do you go to the beach when it's cold? I go near the beach. <laughs> I go, um, you know, to the bars and restaurants on the intracoastal waterway. Mm-hmm. So I can see water, but I'm not walking the beach when there's frost. I see. So. Uh, I've always wondered about folks who, who maybe live down at the coast. You know, I, I'm a I'm a beach guy in the summer, right? I don't think I've ever been I don't think I've ever been to the beach not in June or August, right? I, I think or July. I think those are the only times I've ever gone to the beach growing up. But I always wonder about that because you'll see somebody put that on Facebook or something and it'll just be Bundled up, walking down the beach. It's not as crowded. Windy, though. I would I'm think a windy. big yeah, off-season person. I love windy. the the lack of crowds. Although it's still a you don't like all the. Are you already one of so. those people? The tourists. <laughs> These tourists. Exactly. I mean, at, at this point, they can still consider me a tourist. But a couple years from now, I'm sure the novelty of the beach will have worn off. No, I'll just be hunkered down like in my backyard. No, no, no. The sea. I got one of those. Appreciate what those you have. Fancy yeah, those um, like outdoor heaters that they use at restaurants and stuff. Oh, I yeah, got nice. one for my back porch, so that's been great. Yeah, the uh, stood out there and watched the meteors last night. God, you've been doing a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, I know. What have we been doing? It's almost like you don't have any kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Just rub it in. Yeah. The um, all right, petition to partition. Um, me and Joe, we I've we, been getting a lot of these lately too. Yeah, yeah, it's a call. I think I got a consult later today. I think I got one tomorrow. So this is this is something that comes up quite a bit. Um, and, and basically, there's all kinds of fact patterns, right? So me and Joe, if we own a piece of property, just me and Joseph, and we get in a disagreement, Joe wants to sell, I want to hold on to it. Um, well, he, that's I, the fact pattern, right? That's, that's the where, fact. That's how it always starts. That's right. It starts with me and you not getting along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but 
if I wanted, so we'll say, if I wanted to sell, Joe won't sell. Obviously, I can't, we can't, I can't make him, like between me and him, we can't fight it out. You right? can I ask can't. me very, very forcefully. Yeah. And you can, uh, you can beg me, but yeah, you can't, you cannot, com- you by yourself cannot compel me to do anything. So, but what I can but do, you can be compelled. This is true. <laughs> That's right. What, what a person can do is I can, I can file a petition to partition. It's a statute. I think it's chapter 46A. I didn't write that down, but I think it's chapter 46A. But that is the petition to partition statute. I can file an action against Joseph, and I can ask the court and say, look, we own this piece of property. We don't agree with how it needs to be managed. I think we need to sell it. He thinks we need to hold on to it. And you can ask the court for a couple of things, right? So if me and Joe own 50 acres, I can ask the court and say, hey, I want to split the 50 acres into 225 acres. So the court can actually partition uh, the property if it's feasible. But if, say, me and Joe, we own a commercial uh, townhouse, right? Uh, like a little townhouse office. You can't really split that up, right? A judge can't partition that. And so in that case, I would be asking the court like, hey, we can't agree. Um, I want to I want to sell it, right? And the court can order uh, a sale of the property, even though Joe doesn't want to listen to me and he he wants to hold on to it. So the court can still order that. And there, there's a lot of different ways it can go after that. But that is the the Cassandra, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's like the basic procedure. That's what that's what you're looking at. Yeah. And the court does favor the partition in kind where they're actually splitting the property. But obviously where it's not possible, they they have to force the sale. Um, I, I see it a lot. You know, another way that it really comes up is like, you know, uh, someone passes away. Maybe they haven't done a good job of estate planning. Right. And so someone passes away and then their heirs. Uh, their children all inherit a piece of property and they can't agree on what to do with the property. Some want to sell, some want to hold, some want to rent out. Maybe, maybe one of the the kids want to buy it and live there, right? There's all this disagreement on what to do with it. And a lot of times that becomes a petition to partition action. A lot of times, you know, one of the, one of the kids who now own like a one eighth will, will file a petition to partition to kind of force the sale. Um, And, And you mentioned something there, the, the, that's the drawback to joint ownership, right? Like you have eight owners. It takes one person that does not want to cooperate with you uh, to completely jack up the process for everybody else. Um, and that's it. That, that, you know, we get that question a lot, right? We've got this one, say we've got this one sibling that just doesn't want to play ball. Seven people in agreement. This one person does not agree. It, and they're like, what do you do? And what do you do? You, you petition to partition. That's at the end of the day. Yeah, we you also see it where maybe like five or six uh, kids have inherited this property and they're now co-owners or joint owners of this this real property and and you don't know where one of the kids is like no one's heard from them for mm-hmm. ten years yeah. they've inherited one six and so the petition to partition can, it can also take care of that right so if it's just it's not even someone maybe being disagreeable right and and it's also if you can't locate heirs, we, we see plenty of these where we got a bunch of unknown heirs. The court has a process for trying to discover heirs, protect unknown heirs, but still let you move forward. Um, cause that holds up a lot of things too, is, is when that happens. Cause, um, you know, we see some of these properties where the last deeded owner was from the fifties and that owner has died, left it to their children. Their children have died and it's gone to like, you know, yeah. grandkids. That's so definitely where I see it the most, where where the folks that actually inherited it just didn't do anything with it. So now it's a much larger pool at the next generation and gets so much more complicated. 
and and you can do all the due diligence in the world and it can be such a complex web of people and entities that have taken property by inheritance or otherwise that you can literally exhaust every avenue and have no clue who certain heirs are that have an ownership interest in the property. And that's the kind of problem that kind of compounds over time. Like every year you don't take care of something like that. It just gets worse and worse and worse. And you're dealing with a new generation and, uh, and these kids these days, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got spouses, right? Cause you know, and we know in North Carolina, even though my kids may inherit what I've left them one day, if it's real property and they want to sell it, their spouses have to be involved. Even if, you know, the marital interest in North Carolina kind of confuses some folks, right? So even if a, a spouse doesn't have any uh, ownership claims to a piece of property, they still have this marital interest that has to be signed away. And so, you know, this this goes generation to generation. There's always going to be like a, you know, it seems like there's always one couple where a spouse won't cooperate for whatever reason, um, you know, but just, just looking at it from the point of getting the property sold, it can be very... It can be very difficult. And a petition to partition kind of solves a lot of these problems. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people just don't even know it's a process that exists, but it's 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 a pretty good statute. It makes a lot of sense. It's been litigated a lot, so it's pretty fleshed out. So most attorneys uh, who are familiar with it know what you can do and you can't do. It can't solve every problem. Uh, I do want to mention you did just bring up spouses and spousal interests. That's one more situation where this is really common is after divorces, if if marital property wasn't split through equitable equitable division during the divorce uh then this is a potential solution as well yeah and that's that's a good things where it can't be used right it's not normally used like if you have a corporation where you're a shareholder you got an llc where you're a member and you got multiple members um you can't you can't use that this isn't a way that you would make like if you and if me and joe owned a real property llc and we were having the same dispute over a piece of property owned by the LLC. This really isn't the way you would go about fixing a dispute between us on to sell a piece of property. Sorry. So, so if it's if it's owned in a corporate entity or if it's owned in a trust, the real property, this really isn't the best uh, way to go about it. Um, and then, like you said, you know, if if you're a married couple, like if I own something with my if I own real property with my spouse. Um, a petition to partition is not the way to handle it unless, like you said, Cassandra, we were we were to be divorced uh, and then we kind of own it a different way under the law. And then a petition to partition may be the way the way to go if it wasn't already taken care of. Yeah. And I think it's also important to to state just from a practical standpoint, you know, it's a the petition to partition is, is a it's a way to get this done. But I think also we are going to advise generally that you you try every other avenue to get it done prior to resorting to this because again you lose a lot of the elements of control that you would otherwise have so you you try to negotiate a fix and and there's some situations it's just not possible but if you're dealing with a person that you can talk and communicate to that's just not cooperating i think we're going to try everything we can prior to resorting to this because again you're putting this into the hands of the court and you know that that that's not always going to get get the best result for, for you or give you an optimal result necessarily. There's some degree of control that you lose. Yeah. These things are always a negotiation too. So even, even after it's filed, you know, you'll see parties negotiate and uh, just like any other lawsuit, right. You know, if you were in a car accident and you had to sue the other driver uh, to get compensated for your injuries, there's always negotiation between the parties and the insurance company. So just like any other type of litigation, negotiation will always be, a part of it. Um, 
but that's a that's a that's a quick couple of minutes about petition to partition. So so uh, hopefully you know our goal on this show is always to just talk about things that we get questions about in our in our in our law office in our daily practice. And so this is something we've we've seen a lot more lately for whatever reason, but uh, definitely find that people aren't aware that it's a process that exists. So God, glad we got a chance to talk about it. Coming up next on the Outlaw Lawyers, we're going to talk about flavored backy. That's right. Stay tuned. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Offices located Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and in Moorhead City. Cassandra Nicholas also joining us from the Moorhead City office today, also an attorney at Whitaker and Hamer. If you are facing a situation, uh, maybe it's uh, a situation where it's petition to partition and you need some uh, consultation, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. And leave your contact information, briefly what the call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show. We'll answer them on a future broadcast. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And when we come back, we'll talk R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company versus Bonta. Yes, it's about flavored tobacco. Welcome back into the Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They're your hosts. And again, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Also joining us from Whitaker and Hamer, Cassandra Nicholas. She is in the Moorhead City office. And speaking of offices, uh, they're pretty much everywhere. Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia. And again, as mentioned, Moorhead City. Convenient locations for you. If you've got a legal situation you're facing and you've got questions, you can always call the firm 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information. Briefly what the call's about. And an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate and sometimes referee. Our next subject, uh, we're going to talk about tobacco, R.J. Reynolds Company uh, versus Bonta. Josh? So, you know, when I first started seeing the stories uh, a year or two ago where people were, you know, I'm not a big um, vape guy. The kids today with the vaping, I'm not a big vape guy. Kids these days. Yeah, Yeah, these kids, man. (laughs) But, you know, I saw that, you know, there's a lot about, was it Juul? You know, there's a lot yeah. of legislation about that. I don't really pay too much attention to that because that doesn't affect my day-to-day life. But when I saw that they were trying to lump flavored tobacco in with it, that bothered me. Yeah, they're different things. Is that, there's a distinction there? You'd be a good Juul guy, man. <laughs> you know, because you see the kids, but you just clouds of smoke tufting out of you. I think well, now, now Juul, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, is done. They are no longer in existence. Oh well, too late for that, then, man. You're gonna. I mean, have the to company do, uh, went went under, had to pay a lot of damages. Yeah. Well, give me another. Give us, a, give us a give us a comparable vaping? brand. What do you got? I, I'm not a vaper. Man, no don't know anything about Cassandra, it. So, Cassandra, you you seem. <laughs> you're young. You're our last hope. Yeah, you're one of these I mean, kids these Jewel days. Jewel is the the cute little dainty one. I don't know the ah, names of the beefier ones, but beefy those might ones. be more distinguished. The Chef Boyardee, the vape. So yeah. this made me this made me think of a, when I was when I was writing this down, when I was like thinking about what we talk about, one of the things that came up to me, which I thought was a good question that I've never really asked anybody, but how old were you? This is for everybody here. How old were you the first time you smoked any tobacco product? Third grade tobacco. So third grade, I tried a cigarette third grade. Who was an older brother. Oh, yeah, what was those it? were the days. No, elementary school up in the mountains, North Carolina, tobacco everywhere, it's everywhere, man. And yeah, I tried it. Did not like it. Growing that, right that outside was it. my door. That was it. Growing up. How about you, Joseph? 
Oh man, it'd have been late for me. It would have been. I was I was probably twenty two years old somewhere oh, around there late. in college. Yeah, I would uh, imbibe the spirits around <laughs> there that time. And, uh, yeah, that's and I just I never really loved it, man. It was never really my my favorite. Even still, yeah. not my favorite thing. Cassandra, I know you you like to have a nice flavored tobacco cigar every now and again. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a weenie with asthma. I was definitely in my <laughs> 20s. But the smell of grape swisher sweets definitely brings me back to high school. <laughs> I saw a uh, high school you go to. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. I, uh, North Dakota, we have no no rules, no. For a long time now, you know, I've got I, I try to I try to buy some nice cigars, you know, and have them around, but Every now and again, man, uh, yeah, a Swisher Sweet or uh, a Black and Mild. A Black and Mild is is delicious, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like uh, we've been doing these uh, vanilla backwoods; they're pretty good mm. too, man. But well, but why come we we've we've when, just you just the people? Okay, the people right. when you visit you're, you're, you're Swansboro, uh-huh. there's a really cool cigar lounge. It's got like an indoor lounge and an outdoor lounge. Mm, nice um, in my cute little downtown area. You'll have to check it out. The uh, well, there's a couple in Raleigh too, you know, and you go in and you uh, you have a cigar, delicious man, delicious. I just I was surprised that we were going to, as a society, we were coming down this hard on flavored tobacco products because even like I think in some of the states, menthols included, right? Ah. Which I don't I won't consider menthol. I guess it is a flavored tobacco, but I don't really consider it to be personally. Um, but anyway, uh, the Supreme Court and Cassandra, you you were reading about this, but the Supreme Court got asked. Uh, to review a case where uh, R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company, a local company, uh, was looking to block uh, passage of this, uh, or I guess it already passed, but enforcement of of this bill, this this law in California that would ban flavored tobacco. Yeah, so the law is, well, now going to go into effect sometime in the next week. But R.J. Reynolds had filed an emergency application for writ of injunction, and that's what the the Supreme Court turned that down. They are not going to injunct uh, this law. So no more Swisher Sweets in California. That's crazy. You week. can still smoke all the weed you want, though. <laughs> you know? And think about the flavors involved there that they have available in various edible products. How are those? Oh, fl- yeah, edibles and then non Child marketed, less yeah. child friendly than than flavored tobacco yeah. i don't know it's a weird line to draw the logic does kind of fall apart i i don't like I don't it i don't, I don't like it and and the, you know the problem i guess the whether i mean if you think this is good or you think this is bad though you know when california makes these kind of decisions their economy their state economy is so large mm. a lot of these retailers it drives even if north carolina is all for flavored tobacco it drives how these things will get produced and it changes what's profitable and not profitable so when california bans something a lot of times we see we see the effects kind of dribble down here. I, I think there's going to be a lot of people like running around desperately looking for well, flavors. It's interesting, man, because they're talking about there's this the, the, the what prompted the law was the, uh, they're saying there's a drastic uptick in tobacco use and in, in young people. But uh, I don't know, man. How, how do you class? I guess you, that's strictly tobacco use. Like we're not talking about nicotine vapes like we're talking about strictly tobacco. I don't see it, man. I guess I don't spend a lot of time hanging out with 
many teenage <laughs> children other than my I, kids who aren't teens yet. This so. does apply to vaping products as well. Ah, see, that makes more sense. Then. I think it's the vaping that was the yeah, bad guy. Yeah, it's got to be it then. Because I was going to say, I don't. And they're just lumping in our yeah. sweets. I don't think these. <laughs> yeah, I don't think these teens are smashing vanilla backwoods. <laughs> Like Look, it's going out of style. I think I think vaping, we just got lumped in with like the bad kid. Like vaping's the bad kid and we were just around. Yeah, I don't want any of that in. popcorn along. I heard that's bad for you. Ah, it sounds it's terrible. Sound terrible. I don't even know what it is. I don't want it though. I will eat popcorn. <laughs> but popcorn along, no. No, thank you. Uh but anyway, it, so in California, uh flavored tobacco, uh, I guess falling falling out of favor. Joseph, your favorite tobacco product of all time. Tobacco product, period. Yeah. Have you heard of these things, these cigarettes yeah. they make? Uh, no, I don't know, man. I don't know that I've got a favorite. If I have, okay, I got to pick a favorite. Come back to me. The uh, In law school, we'd have, um, in law school, when we were trying to stay up to study, man, we had the we had the lucky strikes, the, no, the unfiltered. Mm, they get strikes. you going. Yeah. yeah. A lot of nicotine. You, come back to me. Come, come to me at the end. You ever, uh, Morgan, you ever do any? Yes. <laughs> Don't laugh like that. This is the way you said yes. It's like you could taste it. Like so. Josh's, so, mm. so my story. My story is this. I my first uh, broadcasting job was in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, right out of University of North Carolina. Spent about six years down there working for a rock radio station. Mm. And the first week I was there, I was the news and sports director and sidekick on the morning show. And a uh, guy comes in and they say, hey, you're the sports guy. You've got to do this golf minute thing. And they had a pro come in. And the pro's like, where do you play? And I go, I haven't picked up the game yet. And I was 23. And um, he said, dude, I'm going to bring you an old set of our practice clubs and just talk, start talking about it on the morning show. And I guarantee you're going to start playing. And mm -hmm. sure enough, all the pros listened to the rock station, got the invites. But I found out very quickly in the summer, if you go play golf, uh, the bugs are horrible. Mm. Right. And I got a tip from a golf pro. He says, dude, if you take a, take a cigar with you and just light it up when you start, they're not going to hang around you at all. And I started not really smoking the cigar, but I had the cigar burning. And, you know, eventually I got into swapping cigars with my college roommate and cigar aficionado right. and, you know, following those things. And, you know, every now and then partake, but nothing that I would call, you know, a routine. Uh, Man, I'm sitting here listening to that and it, and it's I'm addicted to cigars now. Just from hearing that story, well, I, I'm going to go buy some. When I get home tonight, I am definitely going to have, yeah. have a cigar. What's your and, favorite? And then Cassandra, and then me. I like I like the I like the cheap cigars. Like I like a good nice cigar, but the the cheap ones like the the Swisher Sweets, the Backwoods, the Black and Milds. Yeah, yeah. I mean those. You know. Yeah. That, you gave like three. We'll give you. We'll give you credit. <laughs> and Cassandra, Cassandra is. She's. She said she's not a big. Never been a big smoker. Yeah. But she's done it. So. So my. My sidestep of the question a little bit. My most recent attempted endeavor into the nicotine world was those the the little nicotine packets you put in your mouth hey, nice little, skip the last I, steps, those are like. well they'll make you they'll make you dizzy yeah for sure is that They've your answer really gonna be gone and, nicorette and yeah. those are flavored i wonder if those are included in this i haven't seen anything to indicate they're flavored they're nicotine they oh i didn't even are, think about right? yeah i didn't even think about chewing tobacco that's that's one of your We're products too, isn't it? Yeah. One of you two. I found a stash in the suite one day. 
You got me. I used to, I used to, <laughs> again, when I had to stay up very late and study, like Levi, I had some Levi Garrett I would keep around, uh, you know, just for. You ever heard of Big League Chew? Yeah. That's what I used to Probably do. Right. I think I was cool. <laughs> Other than that, no chewing tobacco. Yeah, I was going to say, that's straight bubble gum. My just tobacco like... use has been very, if, I, if, I, if I've got, if you put a gun to my head right now, you said you got to pick, I'm going to go black and mild too. Just because I got fond memories of like friends who would smoke black and milds, not because I cared that much about it myself. Morgan chewing tobacco. Uh, one bad experience, probably around third grade. Uh, <laughs> yeah. First first day of school uh, up in the mountains of North Carolina. We had just moved in from I want to say Kentucky and had not had any uh, tobacco exposure. And a kid came in and he had a um, a pack of uh, Big Red mm. Red Man. Sorry, Red Man tobacco. And and he said, "You want to you want a chaw?" And he took out this big wad and he handed it to me and I and I'm like I don't know what to do with it so I Swallow swallowed it and, God, and got severely too. sick. Morgan, when you tell a story, it makes me want to do that. Thing. <laughs> you don't want to do that. I got real quick. This is my why I don't like tobacco smoking story. I never got into it. Uh, my mom smoked. I love my mom. She smoked all the time, so she like picked me up from school smoking constantly, and she would ash. Uh, in uh, cans, like you used to have cans. So I loved Sunkiss, right? And so I'd drink a Sunkiss and it was sitting up front and she had been ashing in it for like uh, however long. And I got in the car after school one day and I was like, I'm so thirsty. Like, give me the Sunkiss. And I just took a, a throat full of ashes down. And so from that point on, I was like, you know what? I don't think I like smoking that much. Well, I feel like we all need a smoke break right now. So we'll go ahead and take a break. <laughs> all right. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, Managing Partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina, also on the program today. Cassandra Nicholas in the office at Moorhead City. And speaking of convenience, they have offices located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Farina, and Gastonia, as well as Moorhead City. If you have a situation you're facing, a legal situation, you've got questions, you can always call the firm, 800-659-1186. That's 800 800- 659-1186 and you can leave your contact information briefly what the call is about and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch and you can always email your questions to the show we'll answer them on a future program and that's questions at theoutlawlawyer.com when we come back we'll get into this respect for marriage act that's all coming up next on the outlaw lawyer The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Offices located Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. Joining us from the Moorhead City office is Cassandra Nicholas, also an attorney at Whitaker and Hamer. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. We get into the legalese each and every week. If you're facing a situation and you need questions answered, you can always contact Whitaker and Hamer by calling 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We'll answer those on a future program. Next up, Josh. You know, the the last session of the U.S. Supreme Court, we had a lot of, uh, how would you, Cassandra, how would you describe the last session of the U.S. Supreme Court? I was going to say it was um, controversial, maybe. Maybe that's the right word. Eventful, at least. Eventful, that's right. Um, And again, we never really delve into politics and we never really delve into conservative versus liberal. We just like to talk about what the court did and, and the legal things behind it. And so... During the last session, there were there were a couple of big cases that were decided. We talked uh, uh, we talked a lot about 
uh, Roe v. Wade uh, being, uh, I guess, fundamentally overturned and kind of left to the states. Um, and that was a big, I think that was a big shock uh, to the to the system. It was a shock to the folks who cover, uh, I think even we. I don't our, think we predicted that. I don't think we did yeah. either. I think we predicted maybe some limitations or, or something like that. But so anyway, so that's something the world, you know, the U.S. got. We got this decision where abortion was no longer a constitutionally protected right, according to the Supreme Court. So that means it went back to the states, right? And a lot of these states had laws on the books where they would where they would go ahead and ban abortion if, if this ever happened. And so, uh, of course, that's uh, been a big talking point, especially going through the midterm elections. And a lot of people have looked at that case and looked at how the Supreme Court, you know, abortion was kind of protected, and we've talked about it before, was kind of protected under this... Um, uh, this right to privacy that's kind of over over the years been read into the Constitution by some of the Supreme Court the decisions, uh, but this constitutional right to privacy and 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 so abortion now now being not constitutional no longer has that that protection. I think there's been a concern on what else could that affect, right? Yes, that's a good summary. <laughs> that's really good. Um, and one of those items that's, that's kind of just recently uh, been protected, right, is same-sex marriage, uh, right? So you may be personally against that. You may be personally uh, for that. That's uh, that's a big issue on, on both sides. Right now, that has the protection, according to the Supreme Court, that's a constitutional uh, protection, but it's based on the same theories that the protection uh, extended to abortion was based on, right? So the theory being if abortion can be found to not be constitutional, what's is this next, right? Is, is, is the Supreme Court going to uh, look at the same-sex marriage? Again, the Supreme Court, I think in the abortion decision when Roe v. Wade got overturned, they explicitly said they don't intend to do that. But still, um, if that is something that, that you support, that's a big concern. And so the, uh, the, the federal government, Congress acted, and they created what they called a Respect for Marriage Act. And this actually came together pretty quick, Cassandra. I don't know how closely you've been following it. Well, <laughs> the vote came together quickly, but the Respect for Marriage Act was first introduced in 2009 and never came to a formal vote. Um. Um, so it's been around for a while before the Obergefell decision in 2015, um, protecting the right to same-sex marriage under the privacy right. Um, the other thing I do want to mention is... Loving versus Virginia. That's a 1967 case in front of the Supreme Court that uh, the decision protects the right to interracial marriage under the same reasoning, the right to privacy. Right. So that was also a concern at front of mind for a lot of people. Um, so that right to or respect for marriage act that's had a version around for 13 years finally did come together really quickly for a vote uh, through the House in July and then finally through the Senate now in November. Yeah, so that's, uh, they got, you know, as they say, they got a lot of bipartisan support and, and they got on the book. So the way uh, I was listening to a legal commentator talk about it, but the way I understand it is the way that act would operate is, you know, if if the Supreme Court was ever to say reverse course, go against precedent and say, hey, interracial same-sex marriage is no longer constitutionally protected. It goes back to the states, and a state could still make it illegal, 
but the, the federal uh, law means they'd have to respect full faith, honor, credit, any any same-sex marriage from another state. So right? you can't invalidate other states, other states' right. rulings, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So so that got, you know, and I think, I think, you know, I think that's not a bad thing, right? I mean, the U.S. Supreme Court, you know, made a decision that kind of made everybody look at, you know, what what is in what can they do? What's in their realm to protect, and what's what's really left up to the courts? And so here, uh, the Congress really you know took that notion and ran with it, and said, "Well, here's what we can do. Here's what we can protect." And man, they never you know both sides never really worked together on anything, and I really do feel like this came together. And it wiped out a, a longstanding um, act, the Defense of Marriage Act, which which basically defined marriage as between a man and a woman. So that that's essentially replaced. And I think, you know, that's probably something that had a lot of bipartisan support at the time. I think it just shows kind of an evolution in general of views. Because, like, even you look like you look at President Biden, who really touted the success of this and how quickly it was done. And he's somebody that originally voted for the Defense of Marriage Act back and Clinton signed that into law in 1996 it, so. it, exactly and I think it 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 just again it just shows the changing of it's just an it's just an evolving of just general societal views across the board really you know um, and some people may disagree with with it being a whether whether that's a positive or a negative thing for anybody individually it, you can't dispute the 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 consensus, I believe, which is evidenced by the fact that you've got bipartisan support from politicians on both sides voting for this has really shifted in. I want to say not a long time, but I mean, 96 is that's a pretty long time ago now, man. Yeah, it was, it it was, was like not, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> 96 was a good year, man. Yeah. The uh, no, no, I think I think you're right. I think anytime, anytime, anything, any anytime, anything is bipartisan support and passes. Like I don't even care what it is. It's just like a good warm, Christmas feeling. Christmassy yeah. feeling that yeah. we had bipartisan support yeah. Yeah. To, to put anything put anything through. You know, everything's so contentious. But uh but and that, not just that, like codifying anything is is a good idea, an important thing. Like that's that's how Congress is supposed to be functioning. That the a lot of these interpretations, these nuances should in theory, be going through Congress. It shouldn't the just be left right? open-ended. Exactly. Uh, forcing the court to make decisions that can then be reversed as well. So this yeah. formalizes things. Yeah, uh, and that's a good point. A lot of this stuff shouldn't necessarily, it goes to the Supreme Court because there's a lack of direction, right? That's how you end up at the Supreme Court because you've, you've got a novel or very important issue that 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 needs their their intervention. And, and some of these things really should be legislated, right? We shouldn't. Um, we you shouldn't. want your your Which, individual legislature, like the person that you have voted into power, right? Like in theory, you voted this person into power because you trust them, and yeah, you, and as opposed to just a, a a court of individuals that you don't have that much say so over who they are. In theory, I feel like so many of the court decisions kind of shade Congress too. They say like. This should be legislated. This should <laughs> be codified. But as long as we're stuck with it, here's the decision. That's what I feel like when I'm picking up after my kids. Like, I shouldn't have to be doing this. 
The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina. Also joining us from the Moorhead City office, Cassandra Nicholas on the program today. And we've talked about a lot of subjects, got one more to go. Want to remind you, too, offices are conveniently located for Whitaker and Hamer in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and of course, Moorhead City. If you've got a legal situation you're facing, you've got questions, you need some answers, you can always call the firm 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com, and we'll answer those on a future program. When we come back, well, we're going to talk about some estate planning and, of course, the firm, Whitaker and Hamer. That's all next on The Outlaw Lawyers. on the Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, are your hosts. They have offices located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. And also Cassandra Nicholas joining us from the Moorhead City office on the program today with us. Uh, if you've got a legal situation you're facing, again, call the firm, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. And leave your contact information, briefly what the call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Josh? All right. I wanted to take a minute. We, we, we opened up the show. We talked about how one of the biggest, uh, one of the most numerous calls that we get, the call that we get the most is about estate planning. It's either about estate planning, sitting down with us, getting your affairs in order, getting your will done, getting a trust done, getting your powers of attorneys done. Uh, so it's either that call or it's a call from heirs where they're like, hey, so-and-so just passed away. We, we, we can't find a will. We don't know what to do. We don't know what we can pay. Uh, the bank won't let us into the account, you know, names on a car, names on a, a piece of property. So those are those are two of the calls we get the most, right? Either planning so that doesn't happen or the frantic call after the fact where there hasn't been an estate plan done. And and we're helping your heirs kind of clean it up, get everything to the next generation. And, of course, that's, you know, that's the bad way, right? The 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 estate administration call versus the estate planning call. You want you want to be the estate planning client who comes in, and I know Morgan always says it, but I always want you to know we've got offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Fuquay, Goldsboro, Gastonia, and of course Cassandra's down there in our newest office in Moorhead City. So we have a lot of physical locations across the state, right? So if you wanted to come in and sit down with one of our estate planning attorneys. Uh, we are, we're always happy to do that with you. Uh, we're always happy to schedule these by the phone. You're not always in a position uh, where you can come in. So the phone is a, is a good way where we can at least start the process. And then, you know, Zoom or Teams or whatever people use these days because of the pandemic. That's always been, that's been a nice a new way that we, we meet with folks. And in some cases, we'll, we'll even come to you to help you get your estate plan done and, and taken care of it. But it starts by giving us a call. We have a lot of questions for you. We have to figure out what you have, what your concerns are, who your heirs are. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, discussion uh, that you'll have with us, and then we can advise. We can give you our legal advice on on what maybe be a good thing to do uh, as far as getting stuff to the next generation. Uh, but but Joe, estate planning, nobody wants to do it. Super duper important. 
That's right, man. Spoiler alert, Josh. I got I got bad news for you. You are going to die, <laughs> as is everybody listening to this show. Um, and that sucks, right? That's not great. But uh, it's a reality of everyone's situation. And let's may, hey, who knows, man? Maybe they come up with some really cool technology. But uh, as of right now, yeah, it's going to happen to everybody. Um, and and it's morbid, right? It's a bad thought to have. But at the same time, the scarier thought is what are you going to leave in your wake? And what are you going to leave for your, 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 your descendants, your children, your heirs? Are you going to leave them a mess that they're going to have to figure out and that's going to cause conflict among your family members? Because we've seen terrible situations come out of this, Josh. Uh, we see it all the time, and it's so unfortunate. You'd be amazed how many sturdy uh, loving families are just ripped to shreds in the wake of something like this happening because, you know, folks don't take the time to do what needs to be done. And it's, it's, it's not something that is, is going to cost you a fortune. It's just a matter of, of getting it done and, and, and consulting a professional to do that. And we'd love to help out with that. It's a really intimidating message. That was <laughs> It was like an ad for a horror movie or something there for a while. It is, man. It's a horror movie. Your family will be ripped to shreds. Yeah, your family is done for. But it's it's I think that's the most Not if you use us. Not if you or not if you get a, a, a comprehensive estate plan in place. You're gonna be fine. They're gonna exactly. love each other forever. I you know, I don't know, you know, in my in my in my old age, uh I always feel much older this time of year because I grew my beard out. It's very gray. Zeus. I, yeah. I'm not trying to hide the grayness in my beard. Um, but the most adult I feel like, so I've got an estate plan in place and then every year I review that estate plan. It makes you feel good, right? It, it makes, makes me feel, feel like yeah. a very well put together. You light a cigar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You light a cigar and you sit down. <laughs> I, I, I get a pack of black and miles, yes. and then, but, but no, I, I review my estate plan. Right. And like I have young children, right? So I have children under 18. So part of my estate plan is who is their guardian? Something happens to me and their mom, mm -hmm. who's going to take care of them, right? And that's a very remote thing that that might, that might happen. Hopefully it never happens, right? But we see that happen. Like at least once or twice a year, we see an accident um, where, you know, both parents are killed. And, and uh, you know, an estate, that's the most important part of an estate plan if you have underage kids. If you lose both parents, who is going to take care of those kids? You can appoint your guardian, right? If you don't do it, then it's done for you. Right, so if you want them to go with a, a sister or a parents or or a brother, um, after you're gone, no one knows that, mm -hmm. right? And so the court a judge is going to decide based on arguments presented to the judge who will take care of your minor children, right? Who will have custody of your minor children? Something that you can. And just I think this is something that you've said before, Josh, that I always remember now and say to a lot of clients: if you don't go ahead and do your estate planning it's not that you don't have an estate plan it's it's that your estate plan is the default estate plan assigned to everyone by the state so if you want them to make your decisions for you there's there's a process for that and, and that's going to be a um, problem right because you definitely love that one kid more than you love the other 100 percent, right and you want to make that clear yeah, you want to make that clear yeah, that's good. Yeah, in the absence of an estate plan. So if you if you leave this if you leave this world without an estate plan, the laws of North Carolina are going to decide what happens to your stuff, your real property, your things, and and your underage children. And uh, mm -hmm. again, you know, no one wants to do it. It takes time. It does cost money. There are attorney fees, but but doing your estate plan, getting it in place, deciding who's going to be guardian of minor children. Uh, 
you can have someone different who's in charge of assets, right? So um, we see that a lot, uh, you know, trying to decide should the guardian and trustee of the trust that I'm going to put in place for my minor children, should they be the same person? Should they be different people? Should my trustee be a financial professional, an attorney, you know, a, a, a professional? So we, we run into that, but um, very important, very important. And good estate planning also allows your heirs to avoid having to deal with the estate administration process entirely. Uh, good estate planning lets everything kind of transfer automatically the way you intended it to, so you can not have to deal with the courts as much. And that's a good point to finish on, Cassandra. You're at, when you're alive, you're in complete control over how your estate's going to be administered, not administered, passed to the next generation. The moment you die without an estate of plan, it's out of your hands. You got no control, and it's for your family to figure out and deal with. I tell you, folks, get a plan. And if you got any questions about the show today, you can always contact Whitaker and Hamer, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about. An attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. You can always email the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We'll answer those questions on a future program. For Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer and hosts of this show, and also Cassandra Nicholas down in the Moorhead City office, I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Have a great week. We'll see you on the radio next week. hosted by an attorney licensed to practice law in North Carolina. Some of the guests appearing on the show may be licensed North Carolina attorneys. Discussion of this show is meant to be general in nature and in no way should the discussion be interpreted as legal advice. Legal advice can only be rendered once an attorney licensed in the state in which you live had the opportunity to discuss the facts of your case with you. The attorneys appearing on the show are speaking in generalities about the law in North Carolina and how these laws affect the average North Carolinian. If you have any questions about the content of this show, contact us directly.